so this series, uh, The Fire and the Honey, uh, was a series put together on my sabbatical of six weeks uh, uh, traveling to baseball stadiums and going to the beach in Fort Lauderdale and uh, trying to stay out of a riptide. Anyway, the Holy Spirit uh, was guiding me to direct you to this, these thoughts about the symbols of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God uh, in fire and honey. And today we're going to be talking about the honey. Um, during this latest season of my life, I've, been, I've found a new, deeper appreciation for the ministry of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God uses people uh, to, 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 to present, uh, to build our faith and minister to us and help us and all that. And one of, the, one of those manifestation gifts is the, is the word of prophecy. And uh, I, I, I've shared a little bit of that uh, with you in, in previous messages that I just want to thank the Lord. Are you, are you thankful for Jesus-loving, spirit-filled, praying people that are in your life? Yeah. I have so many praying people in my life who've blessed me beyond the ability to explain. Um, God's people have pointed me toward messages from men and women of God uh, over my sabbatical. Uh, I've had moments as well where the Holy Spirit's ministered strength and encouragement and light to me from, from messages in the, in the Spirit that people said, well, I was praying for you, or I was praying and you popped in my head and I just want to share this and be like right on the money. Let me tell you something about churches that are, that are making, making uh, impact for the kingdom of God or the king is using them to make impact. In, 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 their, in their present generation, but just as importantly, more importantly, beyond their generation. Churches like that don't attribute the success due to good programming and planning alone, um, but more from a prophecy that's been revealed by the Holy Spirit that created the new work. And then that prophecy is, is an outflow uh, with planning and programs under the Spirit of that prophecy, um, in the wisdom of God, not just your own wisdom, in the wisdom of God who imparts incremental guidance as we keep seeking his face. In other words, if God shows you a plan and it's from God straight off the griddle, if you go, thank you very much, and then you just use your understanding and do it, you miss it right out of the gate. He doesn't give us all of it. He gives us just, we have to re rely on him. That's not even my message, and you don't even have to pay for this part. We can get a plan, and then we can assume and, uh, uh, that we know how to do it. Um, but we have to continue to abide in the vine. We have to keep walking with him. We have to stay behind him. That's right. And that's where LOH came from. Lighthouse of Hope Church, that's what this is. That's where we've come from. That's where we are. And as long as God gives us grace, I long and hope you do that we keep following that into the future yeah. and beyond, as my friend Bud Lightyear would say. Um, a year ago, my daughter Savannah had a dream uh, from the Holy Spirit. She and Mason just celebrated their 11th anniversary yesterday. And in her dream, she was here for a worship service, and the presence of God was really strong in the sanctuary, and the Lord led her to go outside and turn and look at our building, and our building had honey dropping on it and pouring through the outside, in the inside, and on the people. Honey is a symbol of sweetness in His presence. Honey is a symbol of the favor that falls upon us from the hand of the merciful Jesus and the hand of the grace of God. Today I want you, before we get into the Word, I want you to stop with me right now and let's ask Him to open up our lives to His favor. Would you, would you right now? 
Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You stand in the center of your church. David saw you a thousand years before you were born in his town. And in the spirit, he saw you and he said, grace pours forth from your lips. You are fairer than the sons of men. Gird your sword on your side and come and ride victoriously in humility and meekness and bring justice. Bring your ministry to us. Without your friend, the helper, the one who is another just like you, God, the Holy Spirit, without you, Holy Spirit, reigning in the lordship of the king in our midst, nothing will happen here. Nothing. Nothing. But we believe you want to reign here. And so, yes, Holy Spirit, glorify the name of Jesus and let his ministry be released to us for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. We are in a time of his favor right now. Not our church, all the churches. We're in a time of his favor right now. Let me tell you when, it's, when it started. The apostle Paul describes our time and his time this way. In 2 Corinthians 6, he says, and working together with him, see, that's what we do. And working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time, I listened to you. He's quoting Isaiah here. At the acceptable time, I listened to you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, that means really look. Now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What does this mean? It means that the ministry of Jesus brought the time of favor to the world. The Old Testament prophets, including Isaiah, saw a thousand years in advance, 500 years in advance, 400 years in advance, that all the things that the, that the prophets had foretold in a culmination would come into their fulfillment somewhere into the future and be brought by this one called the servant of the Lord in the book of Isaiah. And that's Jesus. So Jesus brought the fire and the honey in the fullness of time. Watch this. Here's the first moment in Luke 4. Jesus. And he came to Nazareth, notice this, where he had been brought up. We're going to come back to that. And as was his custom... He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read. And they gave him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he got Isaiah, and he thought, well, I know where I'm going. So he finds the place, which in our Bible, thank the Lord, has chapters in it. They just had these long scrolls, and they had to look. He knew where he was going. Um, he wrote it. Anyway, he finds the place where it's written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... He has anointed me. That means the Spirit came on me for this reason, to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. Look, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. To say honey is dropping from heaven. 
the favorable year of the Lord. What is that? Well, for us, if you've, if you've not really studied much Old Testament or at all, um, and even if you nerd out on it, you might not miss. You might have missed this part. The favorable the Lord, it, it, the favorable year of the Lord, is a description of what they was called the the year of jubilee. We'll come back to that in a minute. And, and he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all, see when the anointing's there, the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Wouldn't it be something in, in every church if the eyes of all would be fixed on Jesus again? Imagine that. Imagine that in a church. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture, this scripture I just read today has been fulfilled in your hearing. What is he saying? He was saying the year of the Lord's favor, the jubilee concept is right now. He was claiming something to be so very profound it blew their minds because they knew what that meant. He was saying that he was the one who was come to liberate them from, from the, in their minds, the, the financial debt they couldn't pay off, uh, the land debt that they couldn't pay off, um, unknown to them, the guilt that they, they couldn't pay off to God. And he was saying, this is that time. So they go back to the Old Testament idea that God, who, God who, told, who told them from the mount under Moses, that every seventh day was to be a day of rest called Shabbat, called Sabbath, right? And then every seventh year, they were to not work the land. They weren't to plow, they weren't to reap, they were just let the land rest. It was called a sabbatical year. And then after seven, seventh years, 49, there would be the next year called the Jubilee year, when God said, release every person from financial debt, release every person from the debt they owe on the land, they're trying to, and just give it to them. That was their concept, but there was this picture that this one was going to come to take this, not just for every 50 years, but was going to create something in the world that, it, that the Jubilee would never end. And when Jesus comes in to that place in his hometown church he goes to that scripture and says here it is now it is Jesus is bringing the favor Jesus said to those that were there I've come to make this day the day you've all longed for today Paul was saying we live in that day offered to us from God and then Paul says don't miss it then and he's writing to Christians Right into Christians in Corinth, don't miss it. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, don't just acknowledge its truth intellectually. Honey is fluid. It's meant to drop on you. Honey must be received. Guys, look at your wife and say, hi, honey. There you go. Jesus said, if you really hear, receive. My sister, a month or two ago, it's almost all gone. Gave me this uh, bottle of uh, local honey, right? I can't get anything out of it anymore. I'm like Winnie the Pooh in the movie at the beginning when he sticks his head in that jar and there's nothing there. That's this. I got to get a new one. But Tracy, I think I know why you bought this for me. I'm going to talk about that in a little while. They say there's great health benefits to it. Not if you drink too much of it all at once, but they're great. No, I think there are. But what about the honey from his hand? What are the benefits of the honey from his hand? Ollie showed us, Oliver Jawad III, 
showed us. Psalm 103, I want to go back to that. I want to go back to that. And it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. This is a man filled with honey. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. How many of his benefits should we forget? How many? Forget none of his benefits. How many? What are they? Here's the honey offered from his nail-pierced hands, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. It's a picture of an eagle set in his wing and the wind comes up under and the eagle rises without even flapping on an ever-renewing basis. His honey pardons iniquity. The Hebrew word for iniquity here is avon. It means dark sins. In the Vines Old Testament word dictionary, avon means perversities, depravities. Honey pardons your dark depravities. Heals all our diseases. Sets free from the pit. The word pit is the Hebrew word shakath. Shakath. It means digging a pit to capture a wild beast in order to destroy it. So the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and shakath. For those of you who are in a pit where you've fallen... It was, that was dug by the enemy, meant to not only capture you, but to come and destroy you because you can't get out of it. He rescues us from those pits. He pours down the honey. That's how. And then it says he crowns us. He gets us up out of the pit, stands us on solid ground, and then he crowns. Uh, oh, who? The people that have been pardoned of dark sins. He'd get crowning with family, heavenly family love, heavenly family kindness, heavenly family compassion. And in this honey, he also satisfies our years. I saw Winnie the Pooh at the Strand Theater when I was a little kid. Raise your hand if you're as old as dirt like me and you've been to the Strand Theater. And I don't, some of you will remember this. After you got past seeing that scary, ugly mask that was up the top, you could actually watch the movie. But, right? So the Strand was this. Where was the place? It's de- where was the Strand? Uh, it was downtown. But anyway, I saw Winnie the Pooh there. My son was into Winnie the Pooh. My grandson's into Winnie the Pooh. And the movie, you remember the part where he gets, he gets, uh, he's trying to get more honey. He's out of honey and he's trying to get more and he gets himself stuck in that hole. And everybody's trying to get him out and, and Rabbit's trying to get him out. And finally, Rabbit does something and pushes him 
uh, on the pushes him like back here and like propels him out and he goes flying across the sky and he and he lands list look at me what look at me watch this um, look watch this and he lands in this place that has honey dripping everywhere Do you remember that I looked it up yesterday on Google. I just had to look at that picture, and I thought, man, that's what I want everybody in our church. I want everybody to get stuck in that place where we get filled and saturated with the honey of the Lord, where we're just stuck in it. According to the book of Leviticus, the Hebrew slaves and prisoners would be freed, debts would be forgiven, and the mercies of Yahweh would be manifest on them. When we think of mercy, we just think of God not doing something that we deserve for judgment. But mercy is so vast in its concept. Mercy means where God, because of his own desires, just sets a liking and a loving on you. And mercy has a bigger terminology. It means intentional Active, loving kindness, always toward you. That's what this is about. Why would God be like that? David says why. The Lord, let's go, the Lord is compassionate. He feels our need and our situation. He feels sadness about our sorrows. He feels for our despair. But he also has a kind intention and a power to do something about it. I am thankful for people who come around me when I'm in despair, I'm in sorrow, I'm in a hard place, and they can't do anything about it, but they're not going to let me go through it alone. Don't you love people like that? Now think of the ones that could do something about it. It's one thing to have somebody sitting with you on the sad bus. It's another thing to have someone say, you know what? Let's get off this bus. My father's, I can get, let's go, let's get somewhere else. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. More than that, he's slow to anger. He abounds in this kind of hesed, loving kindness. He doesn't, look at this, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our own. He hasn't rewarded us according to our dark depravities. Isn't that interesting? Just think if he was the God that we've been told he is, where we'd be right now. We'd have been gone. Why is it that way? Because for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. And then it says this, and I, I used to think of this every time, man, whenever I would fly out to Pasadena or, or Echo Park, and, and I'd get on the plane in Baltimore, and, and or I would go over to uh, five and a half hours and land at LAX, and I'd always think of that. Um, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed our transgressions from us. Regarding our sins, is he like a judge or is he like a father? Look at the next verse. Just as a father has compassion on his children, just as Dustin has compassion on Duke, just as Tim has compassion on Devin, and just as Pacha has compassion on Graham Slam. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he himself knows our frame. He's mindful that we are but dust. Don't you want to get into that honey? Let me ask you again. Don't you want someone to push your... See, the people say, yeah, but I've, but I've, but you don't know, but God, if everybody in here knew what I'm going through or what I've done or what I shouldn't have done, and I, I mean, everybody likes me and they gave me coffee. I even got the yogurt today and all that stuff. And I came early thinking it was that, but people like me, didn't say nothing about, and all that. But if they really knew the, the, the Yvonne, yeah. well, 
There's a community of favor that God is waiting for some of us to get in, but our butts are in the way, just like Winnie the Poohs. And we need someone to push our butts, but I can't, but I'm too sinful, but I can't this, and but I... Your friend comes up behind you, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a land where honey's everywhere. How'd I get here? There are people that love us beyond our avon. Because they found the same kindness from God for them. So do we qualify for this kind of community? You only qualify if you need forgiveness. If you don't need forgiveness, you don't qualify. You only qualify if you need healing. You only qualify... Wait, 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 wait. Isn't that true? Didn't he get up on his first sermon and say, hey, only the poor in spirit get the gift of the kingdom. Only those who are in mourning or in sorrow will you be comforted. Only... Right? He flipped it. The divine... You think I forgot Luke? I didn't forget Luke. The upside down kingdom. Here it is. Who gets in? Do you need set free from a pit? Maybe you dug it yourself. Do you need set free from it? You qualify for this community. Do you need love, kindness, and compassion from heaven? You qualify. Do you need a new start? You qualify for honey. The honey is his loving kindness released upon the receiver. Now listen, not the churchgoer, we'll look at this, but the receiver by the Holy Spirit's powerful presence. Watch this. Bible nerds, you're going to like this. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus of Nazareth without measure, right? In the, in the baptismal, without measure. He's coming into his hometown synagogue after he'd been 40 days fighting the devil. He went in led by the Spirit, won the battles. He came out in the power of the Spirit. That's another sermon. And he had his heart in his hand, and he came in to announce to them first, hometown church first, what he was going to do over the next three and a half years. And because of his payment on the cross, three and a half years, he would, he would be raised up after that to life three days later, right? Three days later. He would ascend to the Father on the, count with me, mathematicians. He would ascend to the Father on the 40th day. Ten days after that, when they're in the upper room, the Holy Spirit of Jubilee is poured out on the 50th day. And Dustin has been referring lately to a passage from Acts and Peter's second sermon. After he healed a man at the beautiful gate, he tells them to turn to the Lord in repentance, which means you, just, you, got, you get information about God and you turn to him in the name of Jesus. And he wants you to do it. Why? So that he can send the honey. He says, so times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. His presence is the land of favor. His presence is where his hands drip with honey. I want everyone to close their eyes right now. I want everybody in the room, we're not done. I want everybody in the room to close your eyes and look. Close your eyes and look. Close your eyes and look. And I want you to see in the eye of your spirit the hands of Jesus dripping with honey through his fingers down upon your life right now. Down upon his body, the church. Down upon the church pouring deep forgiveness into you for your dark sins, healing every and all disease, rescuing you from that pit up and out to then be crowned at his table 
surrounding you. See, look at his hands again. He can't even hold the amount of grace that's abundantly flowing out of his hand, nail pierced, paid in full. See him with your eyes closed. Look, and you're in a constant state of being renewed in your newness where vibrancy and youngness of your heart of faith continues to excel. Isn't that awesome? Look at me. If that's going to be the way we live, we have to be connected. We have to be connected to Him. All of these things are released to a certain kind of person. I'll say to a person that's humble and hungry. Humble and hungry. Look what it says in Psalm 103.11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His what? What? As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His loving kindness toward those who... Fear him. Fear him. Fear him. Fear means being humble and hungry for his presence. Fear means revering and longing for him to visit. The opposite of that is the attitude of the home church. Watch this. The opposite of that of fearing the Lord in the right way was the attitude of the home church. Watch this. And all were speaking well of him and wondering. Wondering. It doesn't say they were receiving. It says they were wondering. Wondering at the gracious words that were Falling from his lips. Now we're gonna stay with that. Listen, church, look look at me. We have to move from Wonderland Church to Promise Land Church. Where promises land. Promises don't land in Wonderland Church. Stay with me. When you grow up in a place and you get used to it. You can get so family familiar that you lose your fear of the Lord. And you can take his place or leave this place. God comes on your agenda. Because it's your home church. And that's your seat. It's time to pivot from wondering into receiving the honey. Because... The Holy Spirit is here not to give us a history lesson on New Testament theology. He's here to give an impartation of life to those who fear Him. Look, wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips, all of a sudden the religious familiar spirit rose up and they went, wait a minute, why am I getting under, why am I, isn't this Joseph's son? I mean, all of a sudden, T. McGee's preaching. What? But that's him. That's T. McGee. I've been going here since George Washington went here. That attitude will cause you in the church to miss the honey. And he told him, he said, there were many lepers in Israel. Do you know what that meant? If you had leprosy, you... 
you couldn't go into the synagogue. If you had leprosy, you couldn't even go in the city. You had to live outside. And if you had leprosy because it was contagious, when people came near you and you needed people to be near you, you had to say, stay away from me. And Jesus said, God saw all those people. And there were many of them in Israel, but Elisha the prophet only cleansed one person, and it wasn't an Israelite, it was a Syrian named Naaman who humbled himself and came God's way. And Jesus is saying in the home church to people who thought they knew his father and thought they knew who Jesus was and thought they had him all figured out, and he said, you're going to miss it because you see me in the flesh and you're missing the presentation of the manifestation of the honey coming from God in the spirit, and you're going to miss it. And what most, well, because their attitude had no fear of the Lord. I honestly believe that, and I've been there before in my life with spiritual pride, that some Christians can get so filled with spiritual pride they can strut sitting down. I want to tell you what God is going to do in the world, in the church, in this church. The King of glory is coming in so much power that he's going to break us from the familiar spirits that has caused us to hinder him and bring us to a place of awe so he can fill this temple and shake the thresholds and pillars and burn coals on the altar again and release healings that come from his hands by an eternal payment paid with his blood. He died and suffered too much for us to just come and to be a family of familiarity and not have a reverence for the manifestation of the presence of his honey that he longs to pour out upon us. Come on, someone. Now notice the attitude and response and reaction when Jesus said that only the humble and the hungry will be received. Let's go to the next one. And all the people in the synagogue were filled with the Holy Spirit. No. They were filled with what? Rage. What? Rage. They got filled with rage as they heard these things. And they got up and what'd they do? Isn't that nice? Wonder what denomination they were. What'd they do? They got up and they drove him out of town. And then they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city had been built in order to what? Read it. All he was coming to do was heal them of their blindness. All he was coming to do was set them free from that prison that they, had, they didn't even know they were in because they were good old Bible believing whatevers. Keeping the Sabbath day holy. They wouldn't have been caught dead doing laundry on Saturday. But look what it says, that, that how much control they had over him. But passing, what's it say? What did he do? He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. We need him, man. I'll tell you what, who needs him most? Me. You can't outdo, you can't outdo the need that I have for him. We should fear missing opportunities in our lifetime when the Lord wants to move in our life. 
How foolish it is to miss through wondering speculations. I honest to goodness believe that when the rapture happens, people who believe that it wouldn't happen when it happened will argue with Jesus for the first thousand years if it was biblical or not. You think I'm lying? I honestly believe if, 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 if some of us that know all the doctrine correctly would have been there when he spit in the mud... And instead of just going and be healed, and he did the spitting in the mud and, rub, and then rubbed that spitty mud in the eyes. Of, someone said, is that biblical? Where's that? I don't, that's bibli- is that biblical? Is that biblical? Is that biblical? There are some of us, because we have been so familiar with the religious spirit, where all you do in church is an- analyze and speculate. And you know everybody, and you know the preacher's flesh, but you're leprous. And you're in need of great honey. And you've been in a church that you stayed in love with for a while, but you've lost that love and feeling. You're in a pit, and he's not wanting to pass by you. And we all have that kind of nature in us, but every kind of thing like that causes us to hinder the honey. To hinder the honey. But the healthy fear of the Lord is that we respect that we're on holy ground. And every time we come in here, we should always symbolically take off our shoes. And we should know no one after the flesh. And we need to revere that because he longs to, he longs to have a free liberty to release honey. Finally, we're in the countdown to sundown. We need to get into favor before the times and season comes to the end. Jesus said today is the day. Paul said it's still today, meaning that there will be a day when that's the last day. And a lot of times we think of that in terms of the end times, but I want you to think of something that will really bring the fear of the Lord up. You know what? The end times might be a 1,000 years from now. It could be 10 minutes from now. It could be 100 years from now. It could be 10 years from now. But here's the thing. I'll, I'll be turning, regretfully, but, but the option, I'll take this option, 60 in September. Windows of opportunity in my life. I spend more time now looking at opportunities as if they're worth it. I don't want to miss one moment God has ordained for me. And I don't always know, I don't know when they're going to be. My heart breaks concerning people in the modern day church who think they're getting too radical if they string out three straight weeks of church attendance and then miss the next four. Then disaster hits their life and then they call 911. Let me tell you, you never know when Jesus is going to show up at your home church that you've got all figured out. You want to go this week? Oh, I better not. I better not go there. I don't want to get thrown off a cliff. <laughs> when Jesus came in the synagogue, 
He was reading Isaiah, the 61st chapter, and he reads down through it. I'm going to heal the blind. I'm going to help set the captive free, the oppressed. I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to bring good news to those who are poverty in spirit. And, 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 and I'm, going to, I'm here to announce the favorable year of the Lord. Then he stopped. But you know what? Everybody that knew that went, wait, wait, wait. You stopped. You didn't finish the verse. He didn't finish the verse. You know what the rest of it said? And the day of vengeance of our God. He didn't go there. You know why he didn't go there? Because he didn't go there to go there. But there is that verse, and there is a time, and Jesus said the Father knows that. He's fixed it by his own sovereign authority. There will be a day when the ark that was open for any, the Lord shut the ark door. Noah didn't shut it. The Lord shut the door. They thought in that synagogue they shut the door on Jesus. But you know what? He went on his way. And guess where he went? Looking for humble and hungry people who could have the honey of God be poured on their life. Have you ever gotten so needy for the the honey of the Lord that you'd take it however you you could get it? Imagine being out on that hill, starving for food, and Jesus sends out the 12. And you're sitting there and you're going, well, look, hey, if Jesus doesn't come bring the bread to me, I'm not eating it. Oh, let's see, there's 12 of them. I want Simon Peter, because they'll remember him later in the game. I want... Judas Iscariot's not bringing me the bread. Someday sunshine will go down. But that's not today. You know what today is? You know what today is? Here's what today is in this room. Right in this room. Even in our familiar church. Here's what's going on in the kingdom. My daughter called me on the phone a year ago. and She said, Dad, and she's a PK, just like my son's a PK. I listen to people's testimonies and their words of prophecy and this and that. But when my son comes to the altar, he, doesn't, he just doesn't do. He just doesn't, okay, it's time to raise our hand. It's time to, you know, you know the praise vibe? We, you ever notice, like now, we're, we, this, we all do. I do it too. When we, when we praise the Lord, watch it. Now you, now you won't want to do that. But we, 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 all, we, all, we get into this cultural thing. We, we, you know, we do our thing and all that. But, you know, PKs aren't necessarily like that. And there are, how many of you know other people too? And they love the Lord, but they're not expressive necessarily. And when you see them raise their hands and praise the Lord, you know the Holy Ghost is moving, right? You know what I'm talking about? My daughter's like, she didn't say, I got a dream this week, dream next week. The Holy Spirit told me what parking lot to use at Walmart. She's not like that. So when she says, Dad, I think I have a dream from God, my ears go, Come on, honey. And I was in our church. I love how she says that. She lives in Frederick. She says, I was in our church. (laughs) You don't know what that means to me. (sighs) I was in our church. In my dream, she's been to our church when nobody was in our church. She's been to our church. We didn't have a youth group. My kids grew up without at different times, so did Dustin and Tyler. When there wasn't a lot of, 
all the bells and the whistles. We would have waterworks coming up tonight. Me over here, one way. Kids got home, kids, I went, was that all right? The kids were like, Daddy, you're kind of old. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, 40 minutes, we get it, okay. Are you getting ready to receive the honey? I'm asking, are you getting ready to receive the honey? We're going to have a receive the honey moment here in a minute. She said, in my dream, I could feel the presence of the Lord in a worship time. And I felt like he told me, told me to walk outside, and I, I walked outside. And I looked, and honey was saturating the roof of our church, and it was dripping through. And it was landing on the people. Dad, you think that was the Lord? I was like, I know it's the Lord. Listen, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward you. Who fear him. Would you stand? Shh. We're in holy territory. Shh. Listen. Lord, every angel that's been assigned to my life since I've been a kid, that have been as a sentry around the things concerning me, my life with you, the angels that have been assigned to watch over me as I under-shepherd your shepherding hand, these people that you purchased with your own blood, God. May these angels right now stand as sentries around every portal where you want to send honey and give the devil no ground. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we are in a moment right now, as Jacob described. We're at the house of God. Surely the Lord is in this place by his presence, and I didn't know it. And so, Lord, there are people in this room who carry dark tattoos on their soul about iniquity of all. There are people in this room that need healing in their minds from memories that scar them, that every time they reach for the blessing, that memory strikes their conscience. And they're paralyzed like that man that laid there 38 years for one time the water to stir for him. Lord, heal them today. Lord Jesus, thank you. There are people in this place who have fallen into a pit and the time is running out. They have to be rescued. Rescue them right here today. Lord, there are people 
that know all the things about grace. They sing these songs, but they need to feel the crowning work of the honey. They need a Jesus moment. With compassion and such kindness they've never known and from any person in their life right here. And those who feel like they've lost their last good day bring a surge of renewal where they'll stand at 80 years of age like Caleb and say, I'm as young now and as strong now as I was 40 years. There's honey falling all over this room right now, all over this place, up in the sound room, out through the airwaves, out into the internet. There's honey coming into your living room. There's honey as you listen somewhere in times ordained by God in your car through a podcast. There's honey. Pull off the road and just let it saturate your life. There's honey for you. There's honey for you to open your eyes to see the king high and lifted up and loving you with an undying love. There's honey for you. For those of you, listen, listen. Some of us, God, I've been there before. Some of us need to shake off the death of the home church attitude. And you need to kill it. You talk about the church. You criticize me. You've criticized every pastor you've ever been under since you've ever been anywhere. And every time you up and go somewhere else, it's because you have a spirit of offense. Because your generations and your family line have thought that's the way it is. That's that spirit that wants to, whenever it gets too close, you decide what happens to Jesus. And then you blame fleshly people for your disobedience to God. You need to kill that thing today because God wants to save your kids and God wants to pour a Holy Spirit awakening on your son and your daughter and your grandson and you, you hold the keys in your hand and you haven't broken before God and today's the day that you're not going to break. He's going to break you by the power of his love for you, not out of hurt, out of love. He loves you so much. You lost that love and feeling, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the torch of his kindness is blazing in front, but you can't see him because you get your eyes on people. Repent. Repent and bring that thing to an altar and kill it. There are people in this room that Jesus wants to heal today, that he wants to set free today, that he wants to rescue today. We might not have room for you, but don't you worry about being the last. You be the first to meet him, not me, to meet him in his home church and let the honey fall on your life. I feel it falling right now. Come on, wherever you are, what do you need? What do you need? Are you just going to wonder about it? Are you going to wonder about it? I just wonder. I just wonder. Wow, that was good. What was it about four hours later? Well, I don't know, but it was good. Are you going to experience it? Father God, hallelujah. Father God, Father God, Father God. This isn't a church service. This is a moment at the portal where heaven's opening up. 
Father God, I need you so much. Listen, listen, I know why I brought this up here. Tracy, my sister, I don't know where you are, but I looked on the back of this. I'm getting ready to throw it away today because I can't get anything out of it anymore. I've tried to reach in with my hands and it won't go in. But I looked on the back, product of bees, Connor, product of bees. <laughs> All pure honey granulates, some in a week or so, and some not for several years. But to liquefy, in other words, to get this honey to really flow, place it in very hot water and let it stand until it's completely liquefied. Put your, some of us are in hot water. And that's why the honey might be flowing better. Just stay right there and let it flow. I, I release you from any fear, unbelief, strife, uncertainty to walk right into his hands in Jesus' name.